What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the first episode of Black Foundation Podcast. All right. So what is the Flack Foundation? The Flack Foundation is a nonprofit organization that I personally started this past October. I started it to help out other veterans that are dealing with the crap that we're dealing with at home. Check. So I started this uh, foundation for Bobby Flack. That's where the freaking name comes from, right? I started that on his birthday on October 18th. Um... And, uh, and I've taken it pretty hard into the paint since then um, because I've realized that, um, that there are three specific things that you, you don't hear enough about. Check. The first, PTSD. The second, veterans with addiction and struggling with addiction. And the third is veteran suicide. So if you could complete the math for Marines MCI like myself, then you're smart enough to realize which crayon you can actually write the mission for this to. So the mission of the Flack Foundation. The mission is to identify, address, and combat the issues that veterans are facing at home, specifically PTSD, addiction, and suicide. And we are doing this for Flack's sake. That pun is obviously too good not to be intended. So I figured I could kick this off Barney-style. Uh, and just start with the basics, check. So, for the first episode, the question is, WTF is PTSD? What is it? Is it just another acronym? I mean, seriously, let's think about it. How many acronyms has the military come up with? Between FUBAR, SNAFU, and an Imperial FU, I think we can, uh, we can check past that. We can agree that that is a whole lot more than four words that the military put together to create an acronym. Check. So what I did was I decided I should ask that question to my friends, to other veterans, random people at the VA, all that stuff, man. And I got some pretty interesting responses, to be honest. Um, Not as much from fellow veterans, uh, but actually a whole lot from other people. So I wanted to share some of the responses that I got that stood out to me. Um, one of the ones that I actually got a few times uh, is reminding you of a shitty situation. Yo, look, I can break things down Barney style because I'm a Marine. But my God, that's that's as basic as you guys could come with it. Now... While it is a basic concept of what PTSD is, and it is accurate, uh, it goes beyond that, and I think that's something we need to touch on, uh, specifically for people that, that maybe don't deal with PTSD or haven't dealt with it in the past. PTSD revolves around feelings. Now, I'm not talking about feelings in that cold, dead place that your heart is supposed to be. I'm talking about physical feelings that your body is experiencing when you are in the moment, when you are in the fight-or-flight response. I'm talking about the unsettling feeling inside your stomach every time you leave the house, when you're driving through a parking lot, and you're looking at all these cars around you, when you're inside a Walmart, and you're staring at every stranger that you pass by, 
when you're pointing out to your significant other the small things that you notice because that's what's sealed into your brain. That is what I'm talking about with feelings. And then past that, let's talk about when you are triggered, when it is set off, how awful that feeling is. That's, that's not just feelings. You don't just feel bad. That's, that's true fear. Fear that, that some people just don't understand. A fear that you feel like no one understands. And not just fear, aggression and anger. And feeling that in the moment as the only way to survive. Because you are in the fight or flight response. That's what PTSD is, guys. It's so much more than just a, a mental disability. That is my problem with, with the thought that we can identify it like that. The next response that I really liked was from a fellow paramedic in Raleigh, North Carolina that I work with. I've got a lot of friends that are in EMS, fire, nurses, and stuff uh, because I got into EMS after the military. Figured I had fun taking lives. It's time to start saving lives. Check. So what he said really stuck home. Um, for my personal life, but but more so for the issue with veterans and PTSD and what we're dealing with on that aspect. He said, feeling loss for others, but none for your family because you can prepare. Let me say that one more time. Feeling loss for others, but none for your family because you can prepare. So there's two big aspects that I would like to hit on that. The first is preparation. Preparation is everything in the military. That's, that's all you do. You get ready and wait. Check. You're preparing constantly, all the time. So when it comes to a living life and living what to us is maybe a normal life, we can prepare for what is realistic to us in the moment. We can prepare for the loss because we understand what loss is, and we understand the pain that goes with that, but, but we're able to say goodbye. That is the key to preparing, right? When you are saying goodbye to someone who's killed in action, <laughs> that's it. You don't get to say goodbye. That's it. That moment is gone. That moment happens like that. And that person is out of your life forever. They become a kill bracelet on your wrist. They become a, a picture on your nightstand. They become an anniversary every year where you pour, I don't know, a bottle or a, a glass of scotch or something for your guy and pour it out for him at the end of the night because that's what you're dealing with. You never got to say goodbye. The next aspect that I would like to hit on that is the self-anger at the lack of emotion. What I mean by that is the feeling of numbness, the lack of feeling in its entirety. That's something that's hard to understand and hard to grasp and hard to explain. Veterans are taught and have learned how to lack emotion, specifically the emotion of sadness. 
that is because that emotion is seen as um, as fear, right? It's, it's seen as an emotion of weakness, one that could lead to your or somebody else's death. Now, entering on the left of the arena is the veteran, and on your opposite side is their family that does um, experience emotion maybe correctly. Regardless, the issue that veterans have is that they don't have the same emotion that their family does. So it's they're seen as different. They're seen as, as missing a trait, missing uh, some sort of genetic response. Uh, you know, they hit their head too many times. Uh, you know, you name it, the excuse is there. To get to the point, there is anger with not being able to experience that emotion. There is anger with the situation. There is um, anger with yourself. And there's also anger directly to people that you aren't angry with. And that's a whole other topic for another one of these episodes where I'd like to get into that. So the next point that I would like to get into uh, was honestly a few responses that I got in different ways and from different people of different backgrounds. Um, but it all kind of summed up to the same idea. Um, it's the idea that there's an intense memory that's stuck. Uh, it's this idea that um, these things have happened to me that haunt me. Um, and, and it's become a trigger. It's become paralyzing when triggered. Um, it is overwhelming. Um, it is an unbelievable physical stress. Um, guys, I could keep going on with uh, the general idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, but let me get to the point. The point is that there is an intense memory, an intense moment that has been ingrained to your brain that doesn't go away that continues to revive itself. It, it becomes almost like a ghost inside of you, like another person. Um, especially once you get uh, years into it and you become so evolved to where you're used to this alternate being inside of you. You feel like you're not in control of them, that... Um, it's like an evil spirit, whatever you want to call it. Another big part of that is the feeling of it being overwhelming. Overwhelming is a word that I think that we need to explain a little bit more uh, from the dictionary. Check. Overwhelming means that it is so great that it renders resistance and opposition useless. Let's think about that. Feeling so overwhelmed that everything that you do to resist it is useless. PTSD is overwhelming. The anger is overwhelming. The fear is overwhelming. The jacked up life that you're living now that you have to change every little aspect is overwhelming. The loss of your innocence 
is overwhelming. It's all so overwhelming that a dream may seem like the only way to not be overwhelmed. That maybe a drug is the only way that you can rescue yourself and get out of this unbearable and overwhelming situation that you can't get out of, that doesn't go away. It's so overwhelming that maybe the only way out is suicide. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy when we sit here and we talk with a rational mind. But in the moment, the fear and the anxiety and the overwhelming emotions that you don't know what to do with are holding you back. And, and, and you're looking for an escape. These guys are looking for an escape. I get that. I've been looking for an escape. I'm not sitting here acting like I'm somebody big and high off the hog, like I haven't struggled. I've struggled with addiction. I've struggled with alcoholism. I've struggled with the fact that, you know, I tried to suck start a pistol, but thank God somebody else was there. That That wasn't my time. That's why I keep saying that we need to rattle the cages. We need to make noise. Uh, We can't just take these things that we're struggling with and keep them down, tucked in to an area that we want to act like doesn't exist around everyone else because we want to be normal, right? I mean, once you get out of the military, what the hell is life all about? What are you doing? Where do you belong? What is your purpose? Another one that I really want to hit on um, is really just based around the triggers. I think that talking about triggers is kind of important because it seems that a lot of people understand that PTSD has to do with triggers. That, you know, by definition, a trigger is essentially something that causes an outburst of PTSD. So what does that mean? That means that when you have a trigger, let's say um, a loud explosion, um, a loud sound, not not necessarily an explosion, but anything of that capacity, right? Um, You do hear, uh, I don't know, plenty of veterans uh, complain about fireworks. um, But the point is um, that maybe you aren't expecting um, a sound as opposed to, you know, watching a set of fireworks, right? Um, that could be the trigger. And so what happens when you hear this sound? It's an immediate response to fight or flight emotions. That's what it is. In that instant, your brain is telling your body that you are in jeopardy. That because of Whatever this trigger is, it has tricked your brain into believing that you are now in a life or death situation. That leads 
to y- your brain becoming defensive and like I said using those fight and flight emotions so are these triggers something that we need to be more concerned about are they something that we should be asking ourselves that they would have an effect on somebody else I'm going to answer that and say no Uh, But that's more because I feel like it's kind of jacked up to expect everybody to act like they understand how everybody else feels. But I digress. So what can we do about these triggers? Well, if you're not the veteran and you have someone that you love that is a veteran, the important thing with the triggers is that you have to understand that maybe they don't understand completely what it is or what the issue is. Um... Maybe when they do think about it with a rational mind, like I was talking about earlier, they can they can see through it. They can understand. It makes sense. But regardless, the trigger still exists. Regardless of how you feel about it, thinking about it with a rational mind, in the moment, fight or flight takes over. And that's it. That's the key, right? So... Uh, What can we do as veterans? I think it's important that as veterans, we have to address and we have to identify and we have to acknowledge the issues that we have surrounding these triggers and surrounding um, all of the actions that take place because of that. So the last point that I really want to hit home about on these responses was the responses from wives that I received, which was an interesting dynamic to the issue that I was addressing and how I've experienced it. These stories, while maybe horrifying in the moment and horrifying to even listen to, it's important to realize that there's so much struggle on the other end of that. While you do love and care for these people, it goes so much further beyond that. Because in that moment, again, that fight or flight response takes over. And so that person that you do love and you do care about is beyond recognition. And your body has resorted to the most natural instinct Now, that doesn't mean that it has to be some kind of abusive relationship or that only male veterans are the ones that have these issues. But I think it's important to note that sometimes these spouses, you know, they, they agree and they even admit that it's not a physically abusive relationship at all. Um, that, that, They know that the veteran wouldn't hurt them. But it's more fear that that veteran would hurt themselves. Yeah, I don't know about you, but that throws a whole lot more twists and turns into that situation. So we've touched a good bit on feelings, memories, and triggers. But... What is the science behind it? Like, what is the evidence that's out there? Does it exist? 
As far as PTSD, I mean, we can find a good bit. But there's some problems. Check. One compilation of studies that I found was about the PCL checklist, the PTSD checklist. Now, as far as veterans, if you don't know what that is, I don't know where you've been. But we've been using that even since we were active duty as far as uh, returning back from combat deployments. They give these scores based on how you've answered a certain number of questions. So, these answers go from not at all to extremely, and sometimes it's regarding a time frame of how frequent the event has been. Now, the issue with just simply asking that question to get an answer of whether it's bothering them not at all or extremely, you have to realize that when veterans were on active duty and they returned from combat deployments and they did take these these same like questionnaires, right? They did not tell the truth to any of it because they were told that if they answered so many questions and they scored so highly, it would affect their career and it would it would affect their freedom, essentially, um, to what they were allowed to do off base and how much free time they got. And you got to realize that these guys just got back from a deployment uh, from spending God knows how much time in the sandbox, so they aren't going to answer questions truthfully if that's going to hold them back to sitting on some stupid base somewhere. Now, on that same note, the VA has definitely come a long way in the last few years. Um, you know, with uh, things like prolonged exposure, uh, DBT, um, uh, PST, things like that. Um, I mean, there there are a lot of programs that are revolved around that, but the issue with that is that it has now created a sense with veterans that um, when they have an issue, they're assigned to a course, and they're given an instructor. Um, they're supposed to do that for so many weeks, and then at the end of it, all of a sudden, all of your problems with PTSD are going to be gone, and you'll move on. Now, it's not that simple, right? I mean, they definitely do teach some great ways uh, to learn how to manage stress and deal with the issues that we commonly see with veterans. The point is that this came from studies... Uh, like one that I'm looking at uh, specifically about the efficacy of recommended treatment for veterans with PTSD, right? Um, it says that veterans that are diagnosed with PTSD benefit less from psychotherapy than mo non-military veterans. And that is where they make this suggestion for all of these programs um, that would benefit veterans with PTSD better. Uh, man, you thought that the military headed down with anagrams. You should see these guys. So, on a personal level, though, what I dislike about this is that it has gotten rid of traditional psychotherapy. What I've 
personally experienced is that it is a whole lot easier to finally open up to one person and to begin to share the true struggles of what I'm going through and to seek help from somebody that I truly appreciate their opinion. For example, when I last went through uh, a severe drinking crisis for myself uh, that led very close to a suicide attempt, um, and um, I ended up in the substance abuse clinic and uh, at the VA, and with that, I ended up with a counselor. And, man, I can't tell you how much that counselor has meant to me uh, since that day. Um, you know, I, I let her know uh, that, that she truly saved my life. She gave uh, me hope uh, by, by truly giving me a, a way to release uh, what was going on inside, right? And, and she truly cared about um, helping to find a solution for it, right? The point is that is psychotherapy. So the VA has n is now steering away from psychotherapy like that and, and giving veterans a single person that they can release to like that and, and find comfort in. Uh, now they've moved to uh, all these different programs like I was talking about. And uh, like I said, while those do help, uh, they do show some great ways to help you deal with, you know, stress. But the problem is that the instructors for all these different classes, you've got a different one for every single one. By the time that you can even remember their name, let alone truly trust them enough to share your issues, it ends and that's it. So... I would say that that's kind of an issue because at that point, uh, who are you leaning on? Who is the one person that you can trust? Either way, here we are. And here's where we stand. We have this issue called PTSD. And not only that, it leads to so much more strife in our lives. So that's the point of this foundation. That's, that's the point of us being here, and that's the point of us talking about it. We have to identify our issues, and we have to address them. That way, we can combat them, right? So by leaning together on this foundation and by reaching out and finding fellow veterans that are going through these same issues, we can find maybe healing, maybe answers. Maybe, maybe you feel like there's just nothing left that you know, you don't know what else to do because that's how victim you are to your PTSD. The fact is, that's not the truth. That's why we're here, and that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're going to stand together, and we're going to take arms against PTSD together. Because the struggle 
of these people, people like myself, that struggle isn't fair because it's the same struggle that comes out of a sense of maybe pride, maybe pride in your country or, you know, family, maybe maybe school. I, I don't know what brought you into the military, but either way, what what the veterans are dealing with, what you are dealing with, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair to what you've already sacrificed for this country. So the least that we can do is try and help each other in a time that we're struggling. And, and we're losing the battle at home. We are losing the battle at home. I don't know about you, but I was taught in the Marine Corps, we don't retreat. You go head on until that's it, right? So as far as I'm concerned, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm asking everyone to reach out that needs help. I'm asking you to reach out to people that you know that are struggling. I'm asking you to just be a decent person, just like Bobby Flack would have asked you to do. Together in arms is the only way that we can do that. Check. So look here. Uh, please reach out uh, if, if you need anything. If you know of any veterans, please just spread the word about the foundation, what we're trying to do. Um, you know, we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I haven't gotten on that Twitter thing yet, but I, I guess I'm a little old. Uh, either way, uh, we're on most of the social media uh, I'm, I'm personally here for anybody that needs to talk and and if there's something that you want to address uh, please reach out and let me know uh, because I, I'm happy to talk to you about it and, and kind of learn more and, and talk to everybody else about it it's the least that I can do for Black Sick.